Welcome to Dead Pilot Society, the show that takes comedy pilots from A-list writers that were sold and developed at networks and streamers but never produced and gives them the table reads they never got a chance to have. I am Andrew Reich, the creator and host of Dead Pilot Society. Happy 2023, everybody. I'm recording this on one of our endless rainy days in L.A. this January. Maybe you can hear a little bit of that rain in the background. Uh, Dead Pilot Society returned to the live stage last week. And it was really great to be back doing this in front of a live audience. If you weren't one of the lucky ones who snagged a ticket uh, to our show at the Elysian Theater, we will have three episodes of Whelan Motors by Brooks Whelan and Isaac Rents. Those will be coming at you on the podcast in March. That'll be the first time you know, people are always saying, like, oh, I love that pilot so much, I wish there was another episode. Well, in this case, there's two more, and they're really funny, read by a great cast. Uh, much like our pilot this month. Our pilot this month is Falling Apart by Steve Bazalone. That is uh, Falling Slash Apart, if you could see the title page, and that is important. Steve's written on Happy Endings, on Community, and the Goldbergs. Uh, he's the writer and director of the feature film Long Weekend. This is a genuinely romantic and genuinely comedic romantic comedy with a very cool twist. Uh, you're going to hear a lot of my voice on this one because there are a lot of stage directions, but I think Steve does a great job of painting a picture of the stylistic devices he was intending to use if this had gone to series. Uh, you know, I've been doing this a long time. I'm still struck by how much great unproduced material there is out there. This would have been a really cool show, but uh, you only get to hear it here on Dead Pilot Society, our cast for this one. The host of the Dollop podcast, Gareth Reynolds, from the Goldbergs, Sam Lerner, from Smosh, Olivia Sui, from Barry, Jesse Hodges, from Wrecked, Will Greenberg, from Life, uh, Love Life and the After Party, Zoe Chow, from Single Drunk Female, Garrick Bernard, and from Mission to Zix, uh, she's a Dead Pilot Society regular. She's kind of part of our stock company. I've always wanted to have a stock company like Preston Sturges. Anyway, from Mission to Zix, Mujan Zolfagari. Hey, if you want to see these folks reading it, just become a Max Fun member for as little as $5 a month. You'll get access to the video, all of our bonus content, all the video from all of our Zoom reads over the last almost three years. Go to MaximumFun.org slash join. All right, enjoy Falling Apart after a brief message. Parenting. It's hard, but don't worry, you're not alone. Belly up to the low bar with one bad mother and let us remind you that fine is good enough. They want to climb on different things. And how am I supposed to keep them both from dying? <laughs> there is a right way to do this. And if I can figure out that right way, I'm going to be a good parent. So that is not a thing. So join us each week and let us tell you that you are doing a good job. You can listen to One Bad Mother on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. All right. I'm here with Steve Bazalone. Hi, Steve. Hi. Um, tell us a little bit about uh, what, what we're about to hear. What's this called? When did you write it? Who'd you write it for? Uh, this is called Falling Apart. It's a pilot that I did um, the nascent days of 2020 when we all had hope in our eyes still. <laughs> Um, it was for NBC and for Sony. 
Um, and uh, it did not go anywhere. And I would ex fully expected that because when they bought it, I was like, wait, seriously? You know, this was like really serialized and like not a ton of jokes, but they went for it. And then they said no. So it was not surprising, but it was a fun time. Uh, anything you feel like people should know before we hear it? I know I'm not asking to give away anything, but uh, anything you wanted to say to set it up? Or should we um, just... I think it's just a, a hopefully just a sweet little rom-com with uh, a, a wonderful uh, cast of people who showed up today. Uh, that is definitely true. All right. Uh, there'll be a lot to discuss after the read. I'm looking forward to talking to you about this, this script, which I love. Um, all right, let's do it. This is Falling Apart, written by Steve Bazelon. Over black, we hear classic boy breakup music, something like Forget Me by the Born Ruffians or anything from a mopey music king like Sufjan Stevens or Del Watergap. We're in a bedroom at night and we're close on Evan. He's in his early 30s, charming, smart, reads Vulture and watches football. He's lying on his bed, staring up at the ceiling, really feeling the music. His eyes are red and puffy. We can tell he's barely holding it together. He grabs his phone and texts his friend Dan. It's over. Moments later, Dan responds, come over. As soon as Evan sees the text, he almost loses it. He rubs his eyes, willing the tears to stay where they are. Come on, man, hold it together. He takes a few deep breaths. Finally calm, he looks at his phone. No new emails or texts. Crestfallen, he pauses, considering his options. After a moment, he opens a browser window and starts to type P-O-R-N-H into the search bar. But just as he types the H, a new text from Dan pops up that reads, and stop masturbating. Evan quickly responds, I wasn't, and exits frame. The music carries us into Dan and Stacy's house in the valley. It's later. Evan is on Dan's couch. Dan, early 30s, looks like a beer commercial, cries at Hallmark commercials, sits next to him. Dan's super pregnant wife, Stacy, early 30s, pretty and cold-seeming, like that one princess in Frozen, but actually earnest and goofy, like that other princess in Frozen. Sits on the floor playing cars with her four-year-old son, Wally. Cute and rambunctious. You know, a four-year-old. You've said it's been over before. I mean, why is this time different? Because this time she blocked me. Blocked you? Like, on her phone? Uh, on everything. Instagram? Blocked. Twitter? Blocked. Email? My emails just bounced back. I didn't even know you could do that. Neither did I. Oof. I know. And we're not even linked on LinkedIn anymore. And she changed her Hulu password. Now I'll never know how Catch-22 ends. You could just read the book. I think we all know I'm never going to do that, Stace. Damn it. Why would she block me? I, I just don't understand how she... Evan pauses to compose himself, and Dan can see he's really hurting. You know what I think it's time for? Dan, please don't. Oh, it's definitely time. Love pile. They both rush Evan and pile on top of him, smothering him with over-the-top hugs and kisses. Wally, get in here, bud. Love on Uncle Evan. Wally charges and jumps on top of Evan. Evan yelps. No, my nuts! Four-year-old foot directly on my nuts! Stop, you're fine. Just let us love you. Evan finally stops fighting it and just relaxes into his friends supporting him. Okay. Yeah. This is nice. See? 
Temple Grandin was on to something. You know what you need, Ev? A nice, smart girl who's done with playing games and is just ready to settle down. Sure. Sounds great. But where is this mythical girl? And we cut to close up on Lena. Early 30s, smart, charming, has been to every women's march, but still quietly loves Annie Hall. She looks like she might also be on the brink of crying, but she squeezes her eyes shut tight. We pull out to reveal that we're in Allie and Flip's Silver Lake house in the bathroom. Lena's sitting on the toilet. She shakes it off and flushes. She gives herself a look in the mirror. She gently touches a ring that hangs on a simple gold chain necklace. Finally, she sighs and heads into the living room. Allie, early 30s, sassy, opinionated, can drink most sailors under the table, and her husband, Flip, early 30s, even-keeled, quirky, somehow doesn't look like an ironic asshole with a mustache, enter the room with shots. They're both singing the LMFAO classic, Shots. Shots, 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 Man, 2009, that was a glorious disaster, wasn't it? Come on. Down this, and then let's turn this mother out. <laughs> Lena, down it. Where are you? Yeah, I'm here, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Look, I don't know if I want to go out. Can't we just get high, postmate some trash food, and watch a bunch of 90 Day Fiance? No, no way. You've been wallowing in your swamp of a relationship for too long. You're like Eeyore. If Eeyore was a huge bummer. Eeyore was a huge bummer. Not compared to you, Lena. Sorry. Tough love, babe. I've been coddling you long enough, but now you're free. And we're going to go out and remind you what it's like to be alive. Guys, I really don't want to. Flip dangles the shot. Fine. As Lena takes the shot... We hard cut to Harvard and Stone. We're on the dance floor. Allie and Flip are making out on the dance floor. Self-conscious, Lena dances beside them. Allie stops making out for a minute. Isn't this fun? Lena gives a nod and Allie and Flip are immediately back at it. As Lena tries to get more into the music, a beardy dude dances up on her. At first she pulls away, but then she shakes her head. Fuck it, why not? And she starts to dance with him. And it's not bad. He does a silly little move and she actually laughs a little. Beardy smiles and leans into her. I've got a big penis and a BMW. Oh my God, what? <laughs> Lena immediately pushes away from him and heads off. Allie stares daggers at Beardy as she and Flip follow after Lena. At the bar moments later, incensed, Lena is sitting at the bar with Allie and Flip. Every single dude is a garbage monster. Agreed. That is 100% not true. Okay, name one decent dude. And don't say flip. He doesn't count. I'm a unicorn, baby. Allie grabs Lena's face. Look at me. I literally love you with every fiber of my being. And I'm saying this before Flip and I go to do Molly in the bathroom so you know it's true. I promise you, there are good guys out there, babe. And if you open yourself up to it, we will find you one. Flip, Molly time. Giddy up. Lena takes a look around as they head to the bathroom. Okay. Where are you, good guy? But she immediately sees the beardy dude from moments ago dangling his car keys and pointing to his crotch. Lena rolls her eyes and hightails it out of there. 
In Evan's apartment later, Evan opens the door, throws his keys down, and takes in the mostly empty apartment. At the same time, Alina's apartment, she enters, closes the door, and lets out a long sigh. We split screen as we watch them both go about their nighttime routine in each of their apartments. They get ready for bed, brushing teeth, taking makeup off, putting on PJs. Finally, they both settle into their beds and focus their gazes on the ceiling. It's a quiet moment as amber and blue streetlight from their respective windows cascade across both their faces. Finally, Lena cracks and lets a few lonely tears out. Evan just stares ahead blankly. After a long beat, he lets out a small fart. Title card, Falling Apart. It's the end of the cold open. Act one. Allie and Lena are in the kitchen of the hip ad agency, the Joyce Group, where they work. You know, the type with a ping pong table. They're making iced coffee. Lena looks in the cupboard. Don't we have straws anymore? No, can't. Sea turtles, dude. Darren, a hot dude, but with a ponytail, grabs a kombucha from the fridge. Hey, I took the liberty of bringing these from home. He hands her a paper straw. That way you can enjoy an icy cold beverage and keep Mother Ocean clean. Wow. Thanks, Darren. Darren winks and exits. Lena puts the straw in her iced coffee. Great. This nonsense straw is going to be coffee mush in three minutes. The sea turtles better appreciate this. You see that? He winked at you. So? So you should totally go out with him. Ponytail Darren? Sure, he's got a ponytail, but the rest of him is hot. That's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Okay, that's like saying Ted Bundy was hot. Okay, Ted Bundy was hot. Yeah, but the whole murdering a bunch of women kind of negates that. Oh my God, you've poo-pooed every dude I've suggested so far. So far, you have suggested ponytail Darren. Hot. Butt-chin Andy. Double the butts, double the fun. And casual alcoholic Carl. It's casual. Oh my God, you are terrible at setups. I mean, look how the last one turned out. You were with him for four years. Okay, fine. But will you at least give one of the dating apps a try? I mean, come on. You get to meet new people and I get to feel alive by helping you text flirt. It's really a win-win. Maybe. That's all I needed. Okay, here's the Bumble profile I made for you. Now let's get swiping. As they start <laughs> swiping, we cut to close on a picture of Evan. We pull out to reveal that we're in Dan and Stacy's house and Evan is showing Dan the picture of himself. Now, if you were a lady on Bumble, would you see this pic and think, hey, that looks like a funny dude who's probably not terrible in bed? Wow, way to shoot for the moon. I set the bar low, then anything above that is a pleasant surprise. Uh-huh. Don't you think it's a little soon for you to be dating? I mean, you need some time to mourn. Please stop using therapy speak on me. And what's wrong with me just distracting myself for a while? Dan mulls it over as Stacy enters with Wally, who immediately runs and jumps on Evan. Come on, Danny boy. We're going to be late for the obstetrician. How much longer do you have? Two? Three weeks? Six! Six freaking weeks still! I do not remember the first one being this hard, but at least it seems to be getting me a sympathy vote in court, because I've somehow won every case this trimester. Well, that's not nothing. 
Yeah, and you look beautiful. Uh huh. What do you think, Wally? Wally Good makes talk. a raspberry. Good talk, bud. So, how's single life treating you? It would be fine if your husband would support me. He thinks it's too early for me to start dating. I just think you're rushing it. So much of our life is spent avoiding discomfort, but sometimes you have to be uncomfortable to really move on. Discomfort is growth. Okay, but counterpoint. And Evan makes a fart noise. Wally laughs. <laughs> Say he gets it. Fine. I mean, I'm just a therapist. It's not like I know anything about processing loss. But sure, let's Photoshop a pic of you at Machu Picchu for Tinder. As Evan excitedly clinks beers with Dan, we cut to close on another beer being set down and reveal we're in Edendale at night. Lena is on a date with Kyle, has a corporate job, but has taken two UCB improv classes. Yeah, it had been over a long time. Uh, by the end, we were just full on weekend at burning it, <laughs> the relationship. Uh, I mean, he never even let go of his apartment. I guess we were just afraid. Sorry. Very cool first date talk. No, no, it's it's fine. Breakups are the worst, but I mean, we've all been there, right? Lena nods. Maybe dating won't be so bad after all. As she sips her wine, Toxic by Britney Spears starts to play. On the 101 freeway moments later, Kyle and Lena sing along to Brit Brit as they speed down the 101. Hey, thank you again for the ride. Oh, don't sweat it. It's my pleasure. Besides, I just got my license back, so I'm really into driving right now. Oh, yeah, relax. I'm not like a booze bag or anything. <laughs> well, that's a relief. Right. Yeah, I just have this uh, severe type of epilepsy, but don't worry. I can always tell when I'm about to have a seizure, usually, but it almost never happens when I'm driving. Lena's eyes go big as Kyle acts like he's having a seizure. <laughs> but that would be so wild, right? This is my exit. <laughs> At Allie and Flip's house, uh, Lena and Allie are getting their nails done. Even the ones that seem normal end up nearly killing you on the 101. That's just one guy. In general, it's fun meeting new people. For you, for me, it is really draining. I know how you feel. And we reveal that it's Flip who's been giving them the manicures. I hated everything about dating. That is until I met my little devil here. I'm a catch, baby. God, how do you make my cuticles look so good? I'm a man of many talents. Also, I wrote an article on the manicurist to the stars once. <clears throat> now, go look at houses that are way out of your price range on Redfin while those puppies dry. Allie kisses him on the forehead and heads off. Flip turns his attention to Lena's hands. Lena gestures towards Allie. She keeps pushing me to get out there. and I know she means well, but I just... Uh, I really don't think I have it in me to get hurt again, Flip. Mm -hmm. Flip considers this as he blows on her fingers. And okay, then... Well, look, my granny had nine kids because Catholics don't know how to pull out or something. I don't know. Point is... She said that she always forgot how terrible childbirth was, that it was this weird evolutionary necessity, because if she didn't, she'd never do it again. No one would. As he continues, we use his monologue to underscore the following montage. Evan goes on date after date. He has drinks with a redhead, a brunette, a shaved head lady. 
Lena tries to be productive. In yoga, she falters in a pose. She sits alone in a movie theater, but rolls her eyes at a couple canoodling a row in front of her. She peruses a self-help book in a bookstore, but gets bored and starts to look at some sexy manga. And I think it's the same with love. You somehow always forget about the pain and the heartbreak. I know it seems implausible, but you will. Evans in his car, making out with the redhead, the brunette, the shaved head lady, who slaps him, laughs, and starts making out with him again. Lena tries to follow the ingredients of a blue apron. This isn't so hard. As she chops scallions, a fire starts in the frying pan beside her. Fuck, fuck, fuck. Until then, every time you go on a date or kiss someone or, hell, even just flirt, you have to tell yourself the same little lie. This one will be different. Evan's in bed, laying beside the sleeping redhead. The brunette. You get it. He looks over at them before turning his gaze to the ceiling. He may have had fun, but there's a distinct sadness in his eyes. It's hard to do, but it's worth it because eventually the lie won't be a lie anymore. One morning you'll just wake up and glance over at the person drooling next to you and you'll realize this time is different. Lena's on her couch watching TV with her wiener dog. She eats Chinese food from a takeout container. She gives her pup a bite of lo mein. At Evan's apartment at night, another girl, Ashley, mid-twenties, probably knows what TikTok is, sleeps beside Evan. He can't sleep, so he sneaks out of bed. In Lena's apartment at the same time, Lena's in bed listening to a meditation app on her phone. You are that babbling rock. Oh, fuck off, headspace. She throws her phone aside and also gets out of bed. We once again split screen as we watch each of them settle onto their couches. They both turn on the TV, flip around for a few seconds, before they settle on the same HGTV show. They both curl up as some awful couple looks at a terrible English Tudor house. And for a moment, it's almost as if they're watching the show together. The split screen ends as we hear. So how long has it been? In Evan's apartment, Evan looks up to see Ashley standing in front of him. How long has it been since what? Since your breakup. Evan Fumfer is trying to cover before she just plows on. You've got his and her toothbrush holders, dude. Don't worry. We met six hours ago. We've already had sex twice. I kind of figured out this wasn't going to be an everlasting love situation. But you said Tauruses and Cancers were a great fit. We, we broke up a while ago. How come? Trust, I think. She never trusted me. I resented her for it and subsequently gave her reasons to feel validated. Did you love her? Evan nods and she cozies into him. What's it like? <laughs> Come on. You've never been in love? I mean, there was this one dude in college, but I think I just liked his pot. It was really good pot. So what's it like? Well, <laughs> you know when you're driving and you're listening to a great song and, and you love it, so you, you turn it up, right? So you, you listen to it more and it's really loud and great, but then you want to turn it up again. So it's even louder, but it's like, no matter how much you listen to it and no matter how loud it gets, you, you always want to turn it up just a, a little bit more, make it a little bit louder. That's what it's like. He pauses lost in thought, but the moment is interrupted by light snoring Evan looks down to discover that Ashley is fully passed out. He shakes his head. 
Sure. As he carefully grabs the remote, the split screen starts again, and we watch as he and Lena get back to HGTV while they watch each of their phones buzz. Lena's got a text from Allie. Think I got a dude for you, BB. Evan's got a text from Stacy. Hey, I've got a setup for you. Evan responds with a thumbs up emoji. Lena just sighs and tosses her phone aside. Then they both turn their attention back to house hunters. Just a quiet moment with two people totally unaware of what they're already sharing. You dumb idiots are going to get the second one. Please don't get the second house. And that's the end of act one. Oh man, am I excited about this month's sponsor. I, I don't even know if I can adequately convey how great this sponsor is. It's Wild Grain. All right. Wild Grain is the first ever Bake From Frozen subscription box for sourdough breads, fresh pastas, and artisanal pastries. Every item bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less. And to kick off the year, Wild Grain is offering delicious products such as an ancient grain sourdough loaf and fresh artisan fettuccine pasta. All right, look, seriously, people, these breads and pastries and pastas are so good. They sent me a free box because, you know, being a podcast host, it has some perks. I got one. Ben and Noah did not get one. Anyway, I baked the first bread and my whole family was blown away. And you have to know, we're bread snobs. You know, for you L.A. folks, it's just like, like we're like bub and grandma's, giant Isaac kind of bread people. This bread stands up to any of that. It is amazing. And the croissants taste like they came from a French bakery. And just a couple of nights ago, I had one of the pasta, wild grain pastas for the first time. It's perfect. It was a tonarelli, you know, maybe you want to call it a spaghetti alla chitarra. Am I pretending, is it coming through that I'm an annoying foodie and I really, really like these products. And the great thing about all these is that you, you bake them from frozen or you boil them from frozen in the case of the pasta. You don't need to plan ahead. You don't have to think about this ahead of time and take it out to thaw. None of that. You got 25 minutes, you can have this amazing bread or pastry. I'm not, I wouldn't lie to you. I, I, I put myself out there. You've heard so many of my failed pilots. I'm not lying. You need to try this. All right. For a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box, plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash deadpilots to start your subscription. Yeah, you, you heard me. Free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash deadpilots. I, I did this myself. I used the promo code for my own podcast to get a subscription to this because they only sent me one free box and I want more. It's almost done. I'm almost done with that box and I, I want these to keep coming. So that's wildgrain.com slash deadpilots or you can use the promo code deadpilots at checkout. Just do it. This week on Bullseye, Tom Hanks, as you've never heard him before, mad. You moron. Thank you for the use of the turn signal. Way to use your blinker. Idiot. That's Bullseye for MaximumFun.org and NPR. Act two, we're in Dan and Stacy's house. It's day. Evan helps Dan and Stacy put a crib together as four-year-old Wally toddles around in the background. You still have her toothbrush out? I forgot, okay? That's no mistake. See, this is exactly why I've been saying you need to slow down. You can't fill a bucket with a hole in it. You have to repair that hole. 
Sounds like he's been repairing quite a few holes. <laughs> Evan, high five, Stacy. How are you two the closest people in my life? You know, I liked you better when you were a loud, spiky-haired VJ and not a therapist dork. Can't believe I fell in love with you with that hair. Yeah, you had a real I for sure got diddled by Lou Pearlman vibe. It was a long time ago, okay? Not that long ago. Look. Stacy grabs a framed photo of her with blonde hair and bangs and Dan, complete with spiky hair, holding a newborn Wally in the hospital. She shows it to Wally. Look, Wally, your dad had terrible hair when you were born. It was cool. Whatever. All I'm saying is that you should just pump the brakes a little bit. Well, he he can slow down after he meets this girl I've got for him. She's exactly what I said he needed. Successful, funny, done playing games, and is ready to settle down. And she's got, you know, great top stuff. I like top stuff. Yeah, everyone does. Fine, but treat this one differently. If Stace is setting it up, this is a girl of substance. So act like you give a shit. You know, shave, get a haircut. Don't just try and have sex. What I've been doing seems to be working, so why should I change? Because she's a real person. Oh my God, fine. God, now let me see a pic of this real person with the top stuff. We're close on Lena. Past. At Barcovel at night, Lena sits across a table from Flip and Allie. Come on, you don't have to marry the guy. Just go out, have some laughs, let him buy you a drink or two, and then maybe kiss his mouth or butt. Mm Mm-hmm. Why would I kiss his butt? Just go out with him. Is he an epileptic? No. Is he cute? Of course he is. I wouldn't set you up with some bridge troll. Look, Lean, nothing changes if nothing changes. You've got to try, man. Fine. One date. Mm, Finally. But if you're going to go for it, really go for it. I'm saying wax that shit. Get a blowout. Maybe a trim. Yeah, get that dick, baby. Get it. <laughs> Isn't it great? Allie kisses Flip as Lena exhales nervously. I can do this. And we cut to a split screen as we see quick cuts of both Evan and Lena primping. Hair is washed, cut, curled, and combed. A face is shaved. Teeth are brushed. Clothes are adjusted. Finally, we stop with both Evan and Lena stepping in front of their respective mirrors. Lena has a new, shorter bob haircut. Evan's cleanly shaved for the first time. They both seem more calm than they have for the whole pilot. They look at themselves in the mirror, take a deep breath, and in unison say, This one will be different. Be different. Anthemic music plays as the split screen continues while they head towards their date. Evan drives, Lena walks, Both of them enjoy a pensive moment of quiet. Lena arrives at the bar and takes one last look at herself in the reflection of the window. Okay, she walks inside. Evan parks, eats a breath mint, gives himself a once-over. Okay, he exits the car. The snake pit, moments later. In the bar, the split screen continues. Lena sits at a table. She picks at a napkin as Evan enters the bar. He scans the room before seeing her sitting in a corner. She hasn't noticed him yet. And for a moment, we can see the surprised attraction, the excitement, the heart in his throat as he imagines his life with this woman in the flash of an instant. Lena looks up, sees Evan, and we briefly see the same flush in her cheeks. As Evan walks to her, the two split screens merge into one complete frame. And for the first time, our two heroes are standing across from one another. 
This is the moment we all yearn for. Hey. hey. Later at the bar, they peruse the menu. What uh? What are you gonna get? Um, I think this one that has egg white in it. You? I was gonna get this whiskey deal with the maple syrup. Mm-hmm. So we're basically getting breakfast. I support that. Later at their table. So how much recon did you do about me? Not much. Uh, my best friend told me you were a graphic designer and showed me a picture and assured me you weren't a serial killer. Was it a good picture, at least? Honestly, it was a little serial killer-y. Huh. Evan laughs as their drinks arrive. They thank the waiter and have a sip. They try, they try and smile through the taste and then... Uh, you want to get beers instead? Yeah, yes, big time. Later, they play darts. Evan is mid-story. So my folks and sister are still back in Boston, which kind of sucks, but also having a country between us is mostly a good thing, you know? Yeah, totally. Yeah, I don't trust people who just have a Nancy Myers relationship with their parents. (laughs) Exactly. But yeah, you know, I do love the idiots. So do you have any siblings? Nope, just me. Oh, so you're super selfish. I mean, obviously. He immediately grabs her glass and gulps down the last few sips of her drink. She laughs as he tries to stifle a cough. (laughs) I've always wanted to do that. Oh, it's worth it for sure. I'll get you another. Good. Okay. And and while you do that, I am going to pee. I uh, mentioned my name. I got a hell of a seat. Okay, Grandpa. And we follow her as she heads to the bathroom. She closes the door, smiling, only barely containing her excitement. As she sits to pee, she pulls out her phone and texts Allie. Fine, this guy's pretty okay. Moments later, at the snake pit, Lena sits down at the table. Hey, I was thinking we could use a snack. And just then, the waiter drops off a plate of fries with two dipping sauces. Wasn't sure if you'd prefer ketchup or ranch. Damn it, Mom. You're amazing. Evan smirks, doing a terrible job of playing it cool. Outside, later, they share a cigarette. Uh, no. What is a cochlear implant? Oh, wow. Okay, you're going to love this. So they're these super advanced hearing aids that allow certain deaf people who've never heard before in their lives to hear for the first time ever. Seriously? That's incredible. Yeah, it's so crazy. And and recently I went down this rabbit hole reading about the sounds some previously deaf people were just floored by. Okay, like what? Uh, well, the swishing noise that corduroy pants make blew this one dude's mind. And then this other lady was shocked that ice cream didn't make a noise when it melted. Wow, I have never thought about that, but it totally makes sense. It's pretty crazy all the things we take for granted. Yeah, right? Yeah. And another lady couldn't believe that boobs didn't make a noise. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, they for sure should make a sound. <laughs> I mean, it would be a better world if they did. Yeah, it would probably be the end of all family and wars. Probably. Uh, but then my favorite was this guy who was amazed that rain had such an all-encompassing noise. But the snow was just totally silent. Wow. 
That's really beautiful. Yeah. I guess it's kind of nice, a nice reminder that even though it's tough out there, there's still unexpected magic all around us. There's a pause as Evan really drinks her in. What? Nothing. Just enjoying a little unexpected magic. She smiles as the air crackles around them. This is the moment. They both desperately want to kiss each other. But just as Evan leans in, bzz, his phone buzzes in his pocket. Do you have a robot penis? Damn it. Secret's out. Yes. I, I hope that's okay. He moves in again, but bzz, the buzzing starts again. <laughs> Evan, you can get it. I don't mind. Okay, but literally nothing is more important to me in this moment. But as he checks his phone, he sees five messages from Dan that all read, baby. Oh, shit. Okay, I, I lied. My, my best friends, well, actually, uh, Stacy, who who helped set us up. Well, she's she's having a baby. I, I, I kind of have to go to the hospital. Oh, my God, of course. Get out of here. <laughs> Okay, so, sorry, I'll just pay the tab and I'll, I'll get out of here. Just go. I got it. You can get the next one. Uh, so there's going to be a next one. I mean, you've got a robo dick. I'd be a fool to not do a second date. Evan laughs and heads off. Lena pauses, playing back everything that just happened. There's excitement in her eyes, but we can tell she's a little disappointed it had to come to an end. She's about to go inside before Evan pops back in. Okay, so this is probably crazy, but the hospital's only a few blocks away. Do, do you want to come? Think about it. You, you get to meet a cute baby. Maybe we can steal some morphine or a wheelchair while we're there. And they're not going to want me to stay too long. So after, maybe we could get a nightcap? She considers for a moment. Finally, she smiles. And we cut to Cedars-Sinai hallway. Evan and Lena walk up to a closed door. Okay, four, one, two, this is it. Wow, this is weird. Yeah, I bet. You okay? Yeah, it's just these are my first good friends to have a baby, and, and Dan's pretty much a brother, so. Hey, it's going to be great. Evan looks at them holding hands, and they both grin like idiots as they enter the hospital room. As soon as they enter the room, we see Dan and Stacy holding a little pink newborn baby. But it's not the Dan and Stacy we've seen thus far. Now Dan's hair is spiky, and Stacy sports the blonde locks with bangs that we saw in the picture earlier. Something is off. You made it! Who's this? Dan, Stace, this is Lena. We were on a little date when you texted. Wow, you are truly awful at dating. Lena? I thought it was Elle? Oh, no, no, it's it's Lena. Some call me Elle at work because there's another girl named Lena. It's all very dumb. Well, I'm glad the timing finally worked out for you two. Allie talked you up forever. Yeah, yeah, great. We're all fast friends. Now, guys, this is my son. He presents the newborn, but this is not their second child we've seen Stacy pregnant with the whole time. This is actually the four-year-old we've seen in every scene at Dan and Stacy's house. Wally. As he hands newborn Wally over to Evan, we realize that we are now four years in the past and the breakups that Evan and Lena were getting over were, in fact, from each other. Oh, hey, little guy. I made a person. Excuse me. We made a person. 
Rose's arms up in celebration, but immediately cringes. Jesus, I've been a dad for three hours and I already have a bad back. You want me to hold him, Lena? You want to hold him, Lena? Me? Sure. We have to do something to make up for this terrible date Evan's taking you on. As Evan gently hands her Wally, she too gets a little emotional, tears inexplicably welling in her eyes. He's really beautiful. As we get close on her face, we match cut to her face in the present, in her apartment at night. She's standing in front of her mirror again, getting ready to go out. The long hair is back, but she's still choking back emotion. She shakes it off and blots her eyes. As before, she takes a deep breath and says, This one will be... Ah, great. She turns off the light and exits. It's the end of Act 2. Act 3, over black, mirroring the intro, we hear lady pump-up music like Hyam or Lizzo. And we're in Lena's car at night in the present. Lena's really feeling the music as she speeds along in her car. It's a hatchback gray Prius, the official car of hip LA girls. She sings along with all the gusto she can muster. At a stoplight, she checks herself out in the mirror. That necklace with the ring on it from earlier catches her eye. Fuck. She pauses before taking it off and pocketing it. For a moment, she's fine, but then something shifts. Even surrounded by the peppy music, she still feels incredibly naked and vulnerable. So finally, for the first time in the pilot, she lets out all the emotion she's been holding back and starts to cry. Feeling self-conscious, she looks to her left, only to discover another girl, also crying, in a gray Prius. They give each other an embarrassed nod of solidarity. Lena mutters to herself, This fucking city. As the light turns green and she continues on her way, we go to the tip-top room at night in the present now composed, Lena walks down the street as she consults her phone for the address of the bar. As she arrives, she quickly realizes that the tip-top room is the same bar that she had her first date with Evan. It just has a different name now. Oh, no, 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 no. She quickly calls Allie. It's the same damn bar. What are you talking about? The snake pit. The snake pit, it is some bougie bullshit bar now. The snake pit closed? Damn it. Oh, that sucks. I love their wings. Sure. They had a great jukebox, too. Yeah, I know. You know, I once did drugs with the Jabberwockies there. Allie? At least, well, they said they were. Hard to say without the masks. Allie, you are missing the point. It's, it's the same bar I had my first date with Evan. Shit. Well, okay, just text Ben and ask him to move bars. Okay. Damn it. This sucks. I know, but just make up some excuse. It'll be fine. Promise. She hangs up, but just as she's about to text her date, she looks over to the bar and sees past Evan and past her standing on the patio, having a nightcap four years ago. She's a bystander to her own past, occupying the same space as the memory washes over her. This will be a narrative device used in series to connect and overlap the past and present. We're on past Evan and Lena. That baby was so freaking cute. Uh, what can I say? My friends make good looking people. <laughs> thanks so much for taking me. Oh my, are you kidding? Thank, thanks for going. And they smile for a contented beat before. Okay. 
tell me three things you love. And not like your mom or sunsets or whatever, because duh. Uh, okay. Um, let's see. Paper Moon. Um, the town of Idlewild, because they have a dang dog for a mayor. <laughs> what? <laughs> Seriously? It's true. I've met him on multiple occasions, NBD. He's a fiscal conservative, but a social liberal. Uh, well, new things every day. Okay, all right. So one last one. Make it a gooder. Okay. Um, you know that feeling when you're driving and a song you love comes on the radio and, and you turn it up so you can really groove to it? But, but then you need to just turn it up a little higher and higher still and no matter how much you turn it up it, it never quite seems loud enough because it's all kind of infinite that evan slowly shakes his head enraptured finally hey you want to get out of here lena smiles and nods evan takes her hand and the two try to contain their excitement as past Evan and Lena walk right by Lena in the present. As they cross past her, we stay on present Lena. She's lost in thought, reliving the moment we just watched. Suddenly we hear, uh, Lena? Present Lena snaps out of it. She turns to discover it's her blind date, Ben. Sweet, patient, solid rebound material. Hey, are you okay? He takes a second and shakes it off. Then she calmly says to herself, Different. Yeah, uh, but, but do you mind if we go to like another bar? I just realized a friend of mine got roofied here. Oh, oh, wow. Uh, I really know how to pick them, huh? But yeah, I think there's a, a few places, a few blocks from here. As they walk off, we see a lift fly by with traffic. In the, inside the car, we discover Evan in the back seat, lost in his phone. The Lyft driver makes small talk. So I do this nights, but my real passion is reggaeton. <laughs> How about you? You doing anything uh, special tonight? Hmm? Uh, yeah, uh, kind of. I've got a uh, blind date. Ooh, anyone interesting? Uh, I, I guess. She's pretty. Oh. And a lawyer. Hmm. That sounds like some serious wife material, my dude. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. Evan looks out the window as he considers the driver's words. A swell of anxiety surrounds the thought of wife material. For a moment, it seems like maybe all the things he's been running from might actually catch up to him. But before they can, he goes back to his phone and pulls up Ashley's number. That's the girl from earlier. He texts her. Yo, think I'm bailing on some dumb blind date. Want to hang? There's a beat before she texts back. I'm game, lover boy. Evan leans up to the driver. Hey, uh, there's going to be a change of address. On the street at the same time, Lena and Ben stroll down Melrose. So Ali's your best friend, right? Seems like fun. <laughs> fun is an understatement. She once got into a physical fight with an Australian rugby team one night only to take me out drinking with the whole team the very next night. Oh, man, that is a lot of fun. As they walk, Lena grabs her arm to protect from the chill in the air. Ben clocks this. Hey, you want my jacket? Oh, no, 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 I'm fine. 
ah, come on, I insist. I run hot anyway. Once she has his jacket on, they walk in a comfortable silence together. But then Ben starts shivering, really hamming it up for comedic effect. And for the first time in the present, we see Lena really, really laugh. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I might get hypothermia, but I'm totally fine. I'm fine. I'm cool. Don't worry. Caught up in the laughter, <laughs> Lena grabs his arm. It's a subtle move, one she barely notices. As the laughter wanes, she finally clocks it. But she doesn't pull back because it feels oddly comfortable. They walk on. At the same time in the lift, Evan is lost in his phone as the driver yammers away. So I used to go by DJ Quick, but I gave that up because apparently someone else already had it. Now I go by DJ Salty Beats. But Evan doesn't hear any of it because he's too focused on a picture on his phone. It's of him and Lena being cute in an elevator at the hospital the night of that first date. The frame opens up as an elevator dings and reveals past Evan and Lena in the hospital. We're in Cedar sinai in the elevator in the past. They get on the elevator with an orderly. Standing next to each other, their hands touch, and they gently lock their pinkies together. Ding! The elevator opens and the orderly gets off. As soon as the doors close, they're all over each other, kissing feverishly. Epic music plays as we triple split screen. On the left, we see Evan in the present. He's in the lift still looking at that old photo of him and Lena. The car stops, he exhales, pockets his phone and hops out. He walks up the steps of a shitty apartment building before arriving at a door. Ashley opens the door wearing just a long t-shirt. She smiles before turning and giving Evan a teasing look at her butt as she walks away. Evan shakes his head and goes inside. In the middle of the split screen, we see Evan and Lena in the past. They're in the hospital elevator, still making out wildly. Finally, they stop and laugh at what a ridiculous whirlwind of a night it's been. Evan takes out his phone and snaps that very selfie of themselves. And on the right, we see Lena in the present. She's sitting at a bar with Ben. Their drinks are delivered. They each take a sip before trading drinks for a taste. Ben intimates that hers is way better. They smile through a beat of silence before Lena considers what to say next. She looks at the kindness in Ben's eyes, takes a breath, and finally asks. So tell me three things you love. As Lena eagerly waits to see where this man's heart lies, we fade out. It's the end of act three. We're in the tag. We're in Lena's apartment in the morning. It's the past. We close, we're close on Lena as she slowly wakes up. She rolls over to discover Evan already awake and smiling. They're face to face, just inches from one another. Hey. Hey. Unsure of what to say, they both just laugh. <laughs> <laughs> um, so last night was. Uh, it sure was. <laughs> uh, can I can I say something vulnerable and dumb? I really like you. Honest? Yep. Now on a scale of one to ten, how bad is my breath? Mm. Like a four. Honest? Oh, we're being 
really honest. Uh, yeah, it's like at 12, maybe even 20. Oh, damn it. Okay, I'm using your bathroom. <laughs> From Lena's POV, we watch as Evan crosses out of the room. When we come back to Lena, her hair is longer, and we're back in the present. The room's the same, but it's now colder, more sparse. She looks to the empty space where Evan was, but there's nothing there. Just reverberation of what was. Finally, she rolls over, but this time is met by her dachshund. As he licks her face, Lena sighs. Yeah, I know, I know. As he licks her face again, we split screen one last time. Lena in the present is in bed on the left side of the frame, and on the right side, Evan in the present is also in bed. Mirroring the end of the cold open, they both stare at the ceiling for a long moment. They're no longer sharing the same space, but are still inextricably linked by a yearning and all the echoes of their past. Suddenly, Ashley hops into bed next to Evan in the present. She's holding a plate full of eggs and toast. Evan sits up. She kisses him as she hands him the plate. On a scale of one to ten, how bad is my breath? It's like a hundred. Why did you think I made breakfast? To cover up that stank somehow. Lena in the present grabs her phone. There's a text from Ben. Hey, I thought of one more thing I love. That date last night. First split second we see lena melt as she types out me too but before she sends it she deletes it and instead responds with a wink emoji as evan eats and lena texts more with ben the frame opens to a triple split screen revealing past evan and lena still in bed gradually the frame of past evan and lena gets larger pushing present evan and present lena further aside eventually all we see is our heroes in the past front and center laughing together totally basking in the intoxicating blush of what should be. Finally, we fade to black. End of pilot. All right, I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, I'm sure you were left like me, wanting more. Come back next week to hear my interview with Steve Bazalone. Uh, Dead Pilot Society is produced by me and my co-producer Ben Blacker and our associate producer Noah Finling. It is edited and mixed by Jordan Katz. If you like the show, go on and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Surely you've already done that. But if on the crazy, maybe, occasion that you have not, uh, do that now. It really helps. And maybe tell a friend about us. You can follow us on social media. Find out all the latest. We're still on Twitter at Dead Pilots Pod and on Instagram at Dead Pilots Society. We're on Facebook, too. Um, until next time, I'm Andrew Reich. Thank you for listening. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.